Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Trucker Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is 10.23 a.m. here on the 11th of December. Good morning to everybody, or afternoon, or evening, depending what time it is. What we've learned about the so-called Freedom Convoy so far. Thank you for joining me this morning. Good morning, everybody. What is happening? Here it is Sunday morning. Woke up this morning and it is like a little bit cool this morning, but we have snow on the ground. Really nothing to write home to mom about. A couple of inches, which, um, well, it was as it was expected and that so um yeah yeah so today um i actually have to uh get on amazon there's a a tripod that i was looking at and um thinking about getting out and about um in the city and going around and doing some videos and that probably i don't know maybe five six minute long um videos um one particular place i want to get to is uh uh victoria park it's right downtown and it's all lit up at night um i got the christmas lights out all the christmas decorations out and um, go around that park and, you know, talk about that park and what it was like when I was a kid out there playing in the snow and skating at the park outdoors and, and stuff like that. So kind of a another plan in the works. So, yeah. But what have we... Um, learned so far after the inquiry that they had um, over the federal government invoking the federal emergency act back last february This thing will let me get down to the bottom of my page. See what happens here. Hope everybody is doing fine today. I think this is the one that I want to be looking at here. Yes, it is. Hope this is the right ones like that. Uh, yep, it is. So, um, November the 25th, 
just last month was the end of the public hearing portion of the Public Order Emergency Commission. And many of us, or all of us Canadians, are still reeling from what was revealed to the public. And there was a lot of stuff revealed to the public. It, this was um, a six-week affair, this public, or not a public, but the commission, the inquiry that took place. And over the course of the six weeks, there was thousands of documents were reviewed and hundreds of hours of testimonies were logged and is to establish the events that led to the first use of Canada's Emergency Act. And what is it? We've talked about this. The Emergency Act was invoked by the Trudeau government on February the 14th to quell the out-of-control Freedom Convoy protesters in the nation capital. And that's just an understatement out of control. Bouncy castles, hot tubs, the big tent, stages set up for entertainment. It's just like a three ring circus going on here. The governmental authorities in times of an emergency. So the government, you know, with the authority um, to freeze the finances of those connected to the convoy, blockades, and to ban travel to the protest zones, as well as the powers to prohibit people from bringing minors to an unlawful assemblies and commander and command commanded deer tow truck companies to remove transport trucks that have been blocking the Ottawa downtown core since January 29th, when it all began on that weekend. Heavy fines and jail time also gave the police are also given the ability to, to impose fines up to $100,000 as well up to one year in jail for participating or continued protest of the blockade, blockading of the Ambassador Bridge in Windsor, Ontario. And that went on for about a week, which was really surprising they even allowed it to go that long, being that it is the, it is the most, um, I guess you say, the busiest crossing between Canada and the United States in North America. Now, was this a necessary step by the federal government to invoke the Federal Emergency Act? Well, the government's use of the Emergency Act was justified by the government as being a necessary step to deal with the unprecedented threat to Canada's democracy. Well, we had all kinds of different groups 
in this so-called freedom convoy. Could be potentially, well, it did. I mean, it caused a lot of problems. Businesses weren't able to open up. People weren't being able to go to work in the downtown core of Ottawa. Harassment, intimidation. And they had lots of worries over violence. You know, the one particularly, you know, um, there was a, in, in Coots, Alberta, you know, discovering weapons, ammunition and body armor, you know, who knows what else, what other threats, you know, or could potentially take place because even the, 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 the largest protests that took place in Ottawa, we had no idea what was in those trucks what people had. Right. And the government was worried about the, the foreign financing of the freedom convoy protesters and, and fear of the violence that could follow if steps were taken to call the protesters. Well, the financing, <clears throat> um, foreign financing, most of the financing came from Canada. Whereas they thought it was, uh, a lot of it came from the United States, but it didn't. And then the witness list. With the evidence that were given by key several government ministers, public safety minister, the defense minister, and the deputy prime minister. And on the Freedom Convoy side, convoy organizers, there was Barber, there was Litch, there was, there was King, and alongside other protest leaders and participants as well. There was something like over 75 witnesses. And who else testified? And other major witnesses, including officials from the city of Ottawa, as well as the RCMP commissioner. Um, the Ontario Provincial Police Commissioner, the former Ottawa Police Services, the, 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 uh, the Chief of Police, and the Canadian Security Intelligence Services, and and What would happen, you know, with the with the first big revel, uh, relevation uh, of of this um, inquiry that the commissioner or the chief of the RCMP um, did not believe that the government had exhausted all its options before looking at the emergency act. There was no other options. These people were asked to leave several times. 
several times. And they refused to do so. The Ottawa Police Services couldn't do anything. Nothing. Oh, this is just going to be a weekend protest. Like all protests in Ottawa. Generally, that's what it is. And usually, you know, with, with, with a protest going on in Ottawa, the police services monitor the situation. And the people go home. More tools available. So the night before the uh, the government um, invoked the emergency act, the commission the commissioner wrote that she believed that the government had not used all available tools. Well, sometimes a hammer fixes some things, but a hammer can't fix everything. Just a figure of speech. See, the Federal Emergency Act has has a really big tool bag. It has all the tools to deal with a public disorder or any sort of an emergency compared to what the Ottawa Police Services has in their tool bag, the RCPM, what RCMP, what they have in their tool bag, the Ontario Petrol Police, what they have in their tool bag, compared to the government, government has all the tools. And they pick and choose the most effective tools in order to deal with a public disorder. And which tools are gonna be necessary and what tools are going to do the job. So the biggest relevation, so the biggest one in the inquiry came on October the 19th well, with the Canadian security um, services indicated that there was no foreign involvement in the freedom protest. No, I don't think there was. There are no foreign actors identified at this point supporting the financing of this convoy. In his briefing during his his teleconference with senior officials at different levels of government. Well, there was some foreign financing. But like I said, it all didn't. <clears throat> it all didn't come from outside of Canada. Most of it came from within Canada. Foreign funding during the protest, as the crisis was unfolding, the Trudeau government used the threat of foreign funding of protesters as one of the main points of evidence used to invoke the Emergency Act. So from abroad, so the Freedom Convoy support from abroad 
you know, these illegal blockades are being heavily supported by individuals in the United States and from elsewhere around the world. True will send in the address in the House of Commons and that we see that roughly half of the funding that is flowing to the barricades here coming from the United States. That's not the case. It wasn't half. Maybe a quarter of it of the funding came from the United States. Most of it, like I said, came from within Canada. But the uh, individual from, from the uh, Canadian Security Agency still supported the use of the Emergency Act and appeared that regardless of justification, um, he supported Trudeau's use of the Emergency Act, stating that the regular tools were just not enough to address the situation. And that's when you have to put on the big tool belt. And that's when you have to put on the big boy pants in order to deal with this situation. Because nobody else was stepping up. A threat to the Canadian security justified the act this individual also believed that the total uh, total of the circumstances had led to the point where the existence of the protesters could be legitimately viewed as a threat to security of Canada and push for invoking the Emergency Act. Concerns about violence erupting? Well, look at Coots, Alberta. They had weapons, ammunition body armor. So the biggest concern of the government officials was the fear that violence could have broken out in Alberta, out in, out in Alberta. And the act, you know, uh, the emergency act uh, of um, warnings have, re have received about the real risk of violence as many protesters were willing to go down, <clears throat> down for the cause. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining me this morning. I know I'm already well into 20 minutes into the show, and that's okay. Um, so just a little recap for you. Um, just last month, uh, around the 25th of November, it was a, a, a six-week-long inquiry. Um, into the use of the Federal Emergency Act to clear out the blockades, the demonstrators from the downtown core in Ottawa that took place back last, this year of January and February. The so-called Freedom Convoy, as I call it, the Karen Carnival. Over 75 people and over thousands and thousands of documents and testimonies from federal government all right down to citizens and the organizers themselves appeared at this inquiry to give their take of this so-called freedom convoy. 
and of course, you know, when, you know, concerns about um, violence erupting in Coots, Alberta, now at the border between Canada and the United States, the authorities discovered weapons, ammunition, body armor. And these protesters were, were willing to go down for the cause. The largest protest was in Ottawa. These were just border barricades at, 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 uh, at, at Coots, Alberta, Windsor, Ontario. Nothing compared to the size that took place in Ottawa. No telling what they had in their trucks, what they had in their vehicles. Because they they ended up clearing the, the Coots um, barricades from that border. I think it was a day before the federal government invoked the Federal Emergency Act. Now, more than 11 people um, were arrested in Alberta, right? So on February, you know, on February the 14th, the RCMP arrested more than a dozen uh, uh, Coots Freedom Convoy protesters and seized weapons that included rifles, handguns, and body armor. So that was actually on the day. Sorry, that was so that was actually on the day the federal government invoked the Federal Emergency Act on February the 14th. So there was no telling what the protesters, the organizers, whatever had in Ottawa, the capital of Canada, where the largest protest was taking place. The Ottawa police force was unprepared. Well, that's just an understatement. They knew what was coming. And like any protest, you know, anything, you know, people are going to protest uh, about what the government is doing when it comes to the federal government. People are going to ascend on Ottawa, that's the capital, that's where the parliament buildings are, that's where people are going to go protest. And generally, it's just a weekend protest. People come, they protest, they have their say, they go home. So now you have this large convoy coming across Canada, stretching 20 miles. You have smaller convoys coming out of Ontario. You have smaller convoys coming out of Quebec, out of Newfoundland, other places is going to ascend onto Ottawa. 
how in the world they would think I'm talking about the Ottawa police because I mean they deal with the protests in Ottawa all the time. So to this is a, this is nothing new to them. They're assuming that it's just going to be a weekend protest, like most protests are. All protests are. All the intel that's being gathered from the time this convoy started is that the Ottawa police force disregarded it. Nope, this is just going to be a weekend protest, like it always is. Nothing's changed. And like I said, the chief, the, the chief of police thought it would just be a quick protest. The former Ottawa police chief, he testified that his force's planning was inadequate because he believed the intelligence from the Ontario Provincial Police suggested the protesters would not dig in in Ottawa. And to this day, he says that even with the benefit of, of, of hindsight, he says he did not have any clear impression or saw any clear conclusion that there was going to, you know, to have anything more than what he believed by his team and other intel. The evidence said otherwise. The evidence presented indicated that the chief of police and the Ottawa police force had advanced warnings that the Freedom Convoy protesters would not remove themselves from the capital until all vaccine mandates were removed and a new government was installed. How the fuck does that work? Organizers wanted to get together with the governor general and other politicians and form a party to overthrow the federal government. It doesn't work that way. This is, you know, this is how inept some people really are on how things work in this country. Our own premier, now don't be confused with prime ministers and premiers. Premiers are head of the provinces. The, the prime minister is, head of, is the head of the country. Now, Doug Ford, the premier of Ontario, he invoked the Ontario Emergency Act. He declared an emergency here in Ontario because of the blockade in Windsor at the Detroit-Windsor crossing the busiest crossing in North America. Very different than what was going on in Ottawa and quite smaller. 
they may have all together, you know, for a blockade at the bridge, you had maybe 50 trucks or less, but enough to interrupt any crossing, enough to inter, in, uh, interrupt trade and the movements of, of, of other transport trucks coming across from the United States or going into the United States. It was enough to disrupt that. They were able to clear that border before the Emergency Act was invoked. And it wasn't until, you know, um, you know, the governor of Michigan, you know, and this was affecting, it wasn't just affecting just uh, uh, Michigan, you know, in Indiana. It affected it all the way from Kentucky all the way down to Tennessee. It wasn't until then when the big three automakers start to make noise for Chrysler. General Motors. Wasn't until then when we we're able to clear that mess up. And Doug Ford, you know, he was called to testify, but he refused to testify. And somehow, one way or the other, he didn't have to go to Ottawa to testify in this inquiry into the use of the Federal Emergency Act. You know, he, you know, far as I'm concerned too, you know, I mean, <clears throat> when, when the Ottawa police services, you know, finally figured it out that they screwed up and then calling on the government, the little provincial government mostly you know, say, hey, you know what, we need more help. Doug threw a little bit of help. Doug Ford threw a little bit of help their way. Gave them more, uh, uh, more police. But it still wasn't enough. Now, the prime minister, he was the, the very last witness at this inquiry back last month. He was the final witness to testify at the commission, and his testimony revealed a great deal about the inner workings of the government in the days leading up to invoking of the Federal Emergency Act. Now, see the Federal Emergency Act, I mean, it is it it has the largest tool bag. It has all of the tools. Right? And one tool that he didn't need to use 
was the military. Now, he talked about the federal government wasn't allowed to review the Ottawa Police Force's plans to curtail demonstrators, as well as the fact that he was very against using the military to get the situation in Ottawa under control. So what's going to happen now? So what the public hearing portion of the commission is over. We the Canadians will have to wait for the official um, Paul Rolou, who oversaw the hearings, to see if Trudeau's use of the Emergency Act was truly justified under existing law. Well, hypothetically, if he didn't invoke the Federal Emergency Act, the organizers of the so-called Freedom Convoy, they made it very clear that they were not going anywhere until all mandates and all restrictions lifted. October, just a couple months back, it was October the 1st when the federal government removed all mandates and restrictions at the federal level. They were the last to go. So were they planning on staying from last January all the way to October? Do you really think that would happen? Definitely not. Do you think they're going to be there for months on end? Blockading? Demonstrating? Hot tubbing? Bouncy castles? Blaring of horns, partying. This was a three ring circus. It had all of the elements of a three ring circus. You even had the clowns. That was all the organizers. There's no way that they would be staying there. By invoking the Federal Emergency Act, it gave the RCMP the power to uphold the law in the provincial jurisdiction, in the, in the uh, municipality jurisdiction. It 
compelled the tow truck companies to remove any transport truck or vehicle that refused. And of course, then all police forces from across Canada sent officers and special detachments of these police forces to ascend on Ottawa and clean up this circus. They gave the government the authority to freeze bank accounts of those organizers. Now you got to remember, GoFundMe, they stopped that funding, not the government. One of the organizers, uh, Tamara Lynch, she was able to get a million dollars out of all the funding. Her bank account was froze. Pat King's bank account was froze. All the organizer banks accounts were frozen. So when GoFundMe stopped that portion of it, the organizers thinking as crafty as they are, maybe even think they're crafty, I don't know, would go to give, send, go start trying to raise money from that. They, you know, they managed, this is just mind boggling. They managed to raise almost $20 million. That is mind boggling. But once the federal emergency act was invoked, none of that money would be funneled to the organizers. It would cease and desist and the government will take it. And it's funny how, you know, not just give, send, go, but, you know, other people from outside of Canada weighing in on, you know, Canada you know, the government can't invoke the Federal Emergency Act. Oh, the government can't seize bank accounts. Oh, the government can't do this. The government can't do that. You better freaking well believe they can. There's something like, there's something like 5 million in escrow being held by the courts because there is over $300 million class action lawsuit against the organizers. And the lawyers for those, for those citizens want to include other truckers and trucking firms into that class action lawsuit. Businesses that were shuttered and that were allowed to open 
couldn't open their businesses. They had to shut down the center town mall because protesters were going through the malls not wearing a mask and just causing bullshit and they had to close that mall. That was the very first weekend. That was on the, on the, on the 29th of January. And then that mall stayed shuttered for the next three weeks. So those businesses in the mall could not open. Those employees could not go to work. So imagine how many stores are in a mall. How many people work in a mall? All those people couldn't go to work. And then you had all the adjacent streets and all the businesses down there where people couldn't get in to go to work and employees couldn't go to work. Then you had all the the uh, uh, harassment and, and, and intimidation. And then you had all the blaring of, of, of the horns day and night. Fireworks going off day and night. Music blasting into the wee hours of the morning. Day in, day out for three weeks. Never seen anything like it in my life. People, you know, first time, you know, first time probably in my life that I've seen people cheering on truckers as, as if though they're their savior. Oh, it's the truckers that's going to save us. It's the truckers that's going to get these mandates and, and uh, restrictions lifted. You know, to this day, Anybody crossing the land border from Canada into the United States has to show proof of vaccination. That still stands today. So that small fringe of truckers who got all pissed off because the government mandated Vaccines for all essential workers coming back from the United States into Canada. And when that was taking place a week later, the United States mandated that anybody crossing the land border into the United States from Canada or Mexico must show proof of vaccination. And that still stands today. So they're having a little hissy fit. And then it's truckers against truckers. Oh, because you got vaccinated, now I'm going to block this bridge. I'm going to barricade this bridge because I'm pissed off. 
You're not going to prevent anybody from coming and going. Going into the United States, the United States back into Canada. And I'm going to disrupt trade. And I'm just going to upset the economy. I'm going to piss off a whole lot of people because I'm having a tantrum. Eighty percent of the trucking comp, uh, uh, of, of the trucking industry here in Canada got vaccinated, and how do we know that? Because the trucking companies will want to see proof that their drivers are vaccinated, because they are not going to risk sending their drivers into the United States and then have to come back into Canada and then have to quarantine for 14 days. That's how we know that 80% of the truckers were vaccinated. Except for this small fringe. I mean, I don't care. I mean, if you don't want to get vaccinated, you don't want to protect your friends, you don't want to protect your family, that's your business. Whatever. But people saying, oh, this is just a freedom, freedom convoy, freedom protest. This was all peaceful. This was all good and all in good. For a weekend, it's all in good. You protest for a weekend, then you go home. You said your peace. Pat yourself on the back. Government heard you. It's going to be a while before we get any answers of whether or not was the use of the Federal Emergency Act necessary. It's going to be a while. You remember they, you know, over 75 people testified. They got over thousands and thousands of pages of of evidence and, and testimonies. It's going to take a while. I don't expect to hear any answers until maybe next summer. Maybe even longer. They have, well, they actually have up to a year. I have to wait to see what happens whether or not it was necessary. And even the Canadian intelligence agencies, even at the end of the day, they said it was necessary. And even after hearing all testimonies from top officials, you know, um, in, in the policing, that all oh, the government, you know, didn't use all the tools, use all the tools that they had available before invoking the Federal Emergency Act. I 
Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they just gave enough tools that they thought might have been necessary. I mean, they, they were not, you know, thinking maybe it's not necessary. Maybe we just, you know, give you a handful of, a handful of tools and, you know, make do. Obviously, that didn't work. Misuse of the tools. They didn't know how to use them. You know, so finally the government says, Christ's sakes, you know what? I gave you the tools. You know how to use the tools. You can't, you can't clean up this goddamn mess. Well, I'm going to have to pull out the big tool bank. And that's what they did. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But um, earlier when the show started here, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, did uh, any of you go out, uh, uh, go on YouTube there and, and uh, search the uh, the Truckers Podcast FYI? I have uh, some short videos up there. So it will be the very first time that you will be able to see me. And I will be posting short videos up on there for upcoming episodes here on the Truckers Podcast FYI and Podbean. And of course, you know, when my next show, when I'm here sitting, talking to you behind the microphone, you know, um, then, you know, my next upcoming show. And also, um, when I, when I, you know, stop, you know, thinking about, you know, ordering this tripod that I want, um, to go out and about in the city that I reside in, and make some short videos um, to post up on on YouTube um, as well, and um, and then talking about that on my podcast and that. So then, um, like I said. I don't know, last week or the week before, I said, um, yeah, I won't be doing live shows on YouTube. They'll just be posting up short snippets, just a minute and a half, maybe two minute length in videos of, of the upcoming episodes here on the Truckers Podcast. So you go to YouTube, search the Truckers Podcast, FYI, and you'll see. Actually, I did post one video that was like 21 minutes long. Uh, on homelessness and the other three I think are yeah just for upcoming upcoming episodes um, uh, of the truckers podcast so you can check that out and that so yeah other than that you know just uh, just been busy just doing doing things that I that uh, you know that I need to be doing you know I mean this is something that um, I do on, on weekends, but I do from time to time come out in the middle of the week, you know, um, if I didn't have a really long day at work, because I generally work anywhere from 10 to 12 hours a day, Monday through Friday. And throughout the week when I do come home and I finally get a chance to sit down and just start to relax, And then 
I might feel okay. And then fatigue starts to set in. And the worst thing to do would be to start a show in midweek and having fatigue start to set in and not being able to concentrate. That wouldn't make for a good episode. You know, I'd just be all, I would just be all over the place. I'd be a mess. So, but I have, there has been times where I have come out, uh, midweek to do a show because I was, I just got right to it, you know, before I even, you know, get home, get changed, get showered. And then boom, you know what, if I do this right now, I'm going to be okay. But if I just sit and relax, put my feet up, then I'm going to start getting tired. So I have done shows, you know, midweek. So I can't say that I haven't because I have. Um, so, and that's just without warning too. I mean, it's not even posted, not even up on popping. I just, boom, start the show. So now if I get off my butt today and if I, and I go on Amazon and I could probably have a tripod by the, uh, by this evening because I have Amazon prime. So I could probably even get it this evening. And then, um, yeah, I think it'd be like really cool just to go around different areas of the city and, um, do a short video and, um, and then talk about that, um, on the podcast. So just, you know, just trying something different, you know? And, um, and then you'll be able to see those short videos, you know, for upcoming episodes too, like, you know, for here and you'll be able to see me. I don't know why Podbean doesn't have anything like that, you know, that you could, you know, because people who do live shows on YouTube or other, uh, social medias and stuff like that, you know, why doesn't Podbean turn around and have something like that? that you could, you know, I could be doing this episode and, you know, you could actually see me. I think that'd be something maybe Podbean could look into. I don't know. But in the meantime, you know, I would, like I said, I'll just be posting short videos on YouTube. And that's where you'll be able to see me. So I hope everybody has had a a good weekend so far. I woke up the, I woke up this morning, and we have snow on the ground. Not a lot of snow, just a little light dusting on the ground. It's been a while since we've had any snow here in southern Ontario. And that, but they're talking about a system coming in midweek. You know, it could get a little messy. You know, it's it's going to be kind of sporadic and, and stuff like that. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, Christmas, what, what is it today? Today's the, uh, 
the 11th today. Christmas isn't that far away. You know, last year we had no snow on the ground for Christmas. The year before we had no snow on the ground for Christmas. The year before that we had no snow on the ground for Christmas. I mean, people aren't rushing out there buying toboggans to go sledding. Maybe this year we'll have snow on the ground for Christmas. I don't know. I remember when I was a kid. I don't remember, you know, I when I was growing up, we would have snow on the ground just like right after uh, Halloween. And we'd have snow on the ground all the way right through to March. And you'd have that fresh fallen snow Christmas morning. And it's not even cold. I mean, it's, you know, it's cold, but it's not cold. You know, we're like plus three right now. And it's like this, this snow that fell last night. I mean, it, it it's melting already. You know, it's not even going to stick around. You know, by, probably by tomorrow morning, it'll be gone. Like I didn't even have to, I looked out this morning, the, my car was covered in snow and now it's not. It's just melted. It's just melted off the car. It's gone. So, but you know, I mean, a little bit of cold doesn't hurt anybody. And like I say, I mean, I think it'd be, I think it'll be, you know, I think it'll be fun to, to go out in, into the city, um, different areas. One particular place that I want to go to, I want to do it um, um, when the sun sets too, because um, Victoria Park here, here in the city of London, where I reside, is the centerpiece of the city. And every year for as long as I can remember, all of the, the Christmas lights and decorations that they put in this park and light it up at nighttime. And they have the skating, outdoor skating rink, which I went there when I was a kid, do outdoor skating and do a short video um, about Victoria Park and then come on, come on the show and do a show about that. I think that'd be, I think that'd be really good. That's what I think anyway. So, yeah. So anytime, ladies and gentlemen, um, yeah, just go on, on, on YouTube there. I think there's something like four videos, one 20 minute one, but I think the other, yeah, the other threes are minute and a half or whatever like that for upcoming shows. Um, like share comment, you know, um, check those out. And um, until we meet again.
This is Sunday. Back to work this coming week. Actually, you know what? You know what? I actually have next Friday off the 16th. I actually booked a me day. So I'll be able to do a Friday morning show. Just haven't figured out what time it would be at, you know. You know, I could say 9 a.m. on the 16th this Friday. I think it would be a good time. And of course, it will be posted up here on Podbean. So if you're following me, you'll get that notification that, yeah, Truck's podcast is going to start shortly or you know when it's going to be. And of course, there'll be a short video up on YouTube about the upcoming episode. And that topic just yet, well, I mean, there's lots of things. I just, let me take a second here and, and look to see what, Stuff I have saved in this one file here. See what I've got down here. Now you need to scroll down here. That's what you need to do. Okay, it doesn't. It doesn't want to scroll down on me here. So I don't know why it doesn't want to do that. But oh, here we go. Now it wants to move. I think I got to change the battery in my mouse because it kind of just the cursor just decides that it doesn't want to do. So what did I else have up here? Oh, yeah, I did the cost of living yesterday. If anybody was listening to that. Um, Let me see. Oh, there's, there's, there's one here that I want to know, I want to do was, um, oh, because of the, 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 the teacher support workers, they ratified their deal. It's like, I mean, it's like took forever, you know, in the, in the Ontario government, um, invoking a notwithstanding clause and imposing a contract upon them. I thought that was wrong. Right. I mean, people have the, have to, to, uh, the right to um, strike and and um, have that right to um, collective bargaining, you know, and by, you know, the, the provincial government invoking the notwithstanding clause took those rights away from them, but they did ratify a deal. And uh, so the union... What, what they had to say about the deal. We'll talk about that on, on Friday morning at 9 a.m. Um, it's actually, you know, quite interesting. And, um, you know, from from the raise that they were looking for to the raise they got, it's, um, it's quite, a, there's, there's quite a difference. So uh, we'll talk about that Friday morning at 9 a.m. And um, I've got a busy day ahead of me 
for a Sunday. You think, you know, Sunday is supposed to be that chill day. You're supposed to be able to relax, and chill, and, and do nothing on a Sunday. I did my Christmas shopping last Sunday. So I got all that done. So I don't have to, you know, because I used to be a last-minute shopper. I'd be, I'd be at the stores on the 24th, scrambling, panicking. Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to buy? Not this time. Not this time. Did it in one day. It's got to be a record. It's got to be. For me, it's a record. Because I never do it in one day. But I did. This time I did it. So now, yeah, I do have stuff, stuff to do today, obviously, even though, I mean, I have to get stuff ready for work upcoming week, you know, so, and some visiting that I got to do, and, um, yeah, I'm going to order that tripod that I want. It's a really good one. It looks pretty sturdy, too, you know, because nothing worse than, you know, if it had been a breezy or, or windy evening or something like that and it tumbles over and the phone goes down and yeah that wouldn't be good so but it looks like it's pretty good so i gotta get on that get that ordered and um yeah start doing just small videos from around my city and you know uh starting with the our centerpiece of our park and um Going around the city on on, on, on other days, because um, there's so much, there's so much, there's there is so much heritage, you know, here in the city of, of London, Ontario, um, to talk about, you know, heritage buildings and and, and stuff like that. Um, they're actually they're actually pretty cool, so start doing some stuff like that and, and of course whatever comes in mind or something that i feel i need to really share with you um obviously we'll be doing that but thank you for joining me today and taking the time out of your day to join me here on the truckers podcast so until next time friday december the 16th at 9 a.m you can join me that's great. If you can't, I understand. So enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Enjoy your upcoming week. And thank you. This is the Truckers Podcast. FYI, I'm your host, Doug. Take care. Oh, don't forget to check out YouTube, Dr. Podcast FYI.